Hello and welcome to the NCETM podcast, number four in the school closure series. In this series, we're recording short interviews with teachers from across England, working from their kitchens and living rooms while schools are closed due to the coronavirus pandemic. We hope to document the wide variety of ways that teachers and schools are providing for and supporting learning from home, and this week to reflect some of the early response to the news that schools are likely to partially open for some children soon. With little in the way of relevant research to turn to, to help us to know how to manage mass remote schooling, we hope that these interviews might give listening teachers ideas to help them reflect upon their own practice. But the usual health warning, no one has all the answers because this is such a new and unknown landscape. And of course, strategies work differently in different contexts. I'm Gwen Trezida from NCETM Communications, and today I'm talking to Daniel Polson, a secondary teacher and head of, and head of maths from rural Lincolnshire. We're recording this podcast on Wednesday, May the 13th, a few days after the government has announced the possibility of limited school opening after half term. Hello, Dan. Hiya. It's very nice to have you here. Well, to have you in your own home while I'm in my own home. Will you start us off by just telling us what uh, a normal teacher day looks like for you now? At the minute, it's uh, a little bit strange and almost sort of day to day, really. Um, we're working quite flexibly. My wife's also a teacher as well at the same school that I teach at. So right. that also sort of adds to pressures, if you like. Uh, we've got an eight year old and a three year old at home. So generally the morning is spent homeschooling um, our eight year old. So working with him, doing his classwork. Um, his primary school has been really good at setting work fairly regularly and we sort of send that back in. Uh, we've also been doing bits with our three-year-old and trying to get her ready for transition to primary school. She starts primary in September, wow. which she's quite excited about. Um, so we've been doing bits with her, tracing shapes, getting her to recognise some letters and recognising her name when it's written. So some of these things the nursery would normally be doing that yeah. she would normally attend. But we're sort of trying to step in and do bits ready. So it's not maybe a big shock to the system when she does go back in September. So that's, that's really our mornings. Then the afternoon then, well, I mean, even while that's going on, I'm still sort of checking emails regularly and replying to students and parents that are emailing. OK, um, and I'm just thinking about now your students and they're all sitting working at home and how how you made the decision for providing for them and how you're doing that. Um, to start with, in the run up to the school closure, we started to prepare work for students that were having to self-isolate under the guidance at that time. Right. So uh, myself and my department produced packs of work specific to each year group. They were mainly based as revision packs. So they all yeah. contained topics um, that they'd already worked on and seen before that they then should have been able to get on with without too much input. Um, that was really sort of used as a bit of a short term measure. We also started to expand our use of them because we also had a couple of our department go down and have to self-isolate because oh, they were really? starting to develop COVID-like symptoms. I don't think it was the case in the end, but everybody was certainly being very cautious with it in that run up to the closure. So the work packs also were used as a bit of an intermediary with some of those lessons where they were being put out to cover or even where we had to collapse some classes. Those work packs then became quite useful as taking some of that burden off from setting and planning cover every day. Um, when it became apparent that we were going to be closing, then those um, self-isolation work became closure work and was set for all students. Our, our numbers of students in school really started to dwindle that week. So I think yeah. we started out with 500 and I think by the time we closed on the Friday, we were down to sort of 200-ish. Where are you getting your worksheets from? Are they worksheets you've already got or...? Those ones initially we used um, resources from Mathbox Math mm. uh, to put them together. Um, lots of sort of repetition and practice for Key Stage 3. 
for the GCSE year groups, we were using work packs that GCSE pod had provided. It was all a little bit sort of last minute, really, that we were sort of trying to find resources that were out there that we could adapt rather than spending yeah. lots of time creating new things and reinventing the wheel, I suppose. Wow. So you, you, it sounds like you're quite a small school. Do you want to tell me a little bit about your school and your catchment? We're a non-selective school in a very selective area. Lincolnshire still has the 11 plus. Um, we are 11 to 16 with about 600, 650 students. Um, and would all of those students have taken the 11 plus? Are they all students who didn't manage to get into grammar school or do some not take it? Some of them might have taken it at all, I would imagine, um, and would have just chosen to come to us. Some of them would have been students that took the 11 plus and didn't pass it and then would be looking at then at other schools to go to. What are your particular issues, do you think, with, with catering for that catchment? I think some of our students come in with a perception that they're not intelligent or they're not clever. Um, right. They come in feeling like they're failures. Not all of them necessarily, but some of them might do. Uh, and trying to sort of break down that initial barrier, I think, really, that sort of self-doubt, if you like, that they have a bit more faith and confidence in their own ability. And that must be difficult working remotely. All that all that work you've put in it perhaps pays off, but you, it's hard to continue doing that, I guess. It is. It really is. And I think we're trying our best to still keep in touch. We can use class charts to send messages out to our classes as a whole and to communicate with parents. Um, I'm checking my emails very regularly, sort of from the morning up until about eight o'clock in the evening and try and reply to them as quick as I can. So that sort of immediacy of contact, that immediate feedback they're still getting. Right. And are students expected to send work in? Uh, For the closure work initially that we created for the end of term four um, we didn't expect that to be returned we've then created more bespoke work for this term so our SLT asked us to make the work more aligned to our schemes of work and what the curriculum content would have been for term five so we are hoping that students will be submitting that and returning that Um, and how's that going we've had some submission we've set the submission date as the first day of term six right Um, I made a decision to set the work all as one big chunk uh, and share it with the parents and provide paper copies if needs be. And then parents and their students can decide their pace they want to work at. I'm sort of very aware even in my own day to day life that we sort of have good days and we have bad days where perhaps we're more productive than others. And I I know that some schools are um, are sort of doing daily lessons or daily uploads of work. And I, I think perhaps that adds sort of an underlying pressure to the children or to the parents. Mm. Uh, some of the departments in my school are uploading sort of nine lessons. I know the science department are uploading nine lessons a fortnight, which would then be equivalent to the nine lessons they would be teaching. But that in itself causes problems with having to download documents and the paperwork to go with it. So I try to do sort of one bulk upload of maths work that they can then sort of pick out and work through very gradually over the course of the five weeks that we have for this term. Right. So I guess until that submission date, you won't have an idea of other than a rough idea of who's engaging and who isn't. Is that right? Yeah, I'd say so. And are they doing new learning now or is it all revision? This is new learning now for term five. So the work packs that we've created are are much more aligned with what we would have been teaching them had they been in school and on site with us. Right. Um, we, We shared the workload out across the department. So each member of staff took responsibility for a year group to produce sort of bespoke work packs um 
a lot of it sort of is, is handwritten with them worksheets interposed between it all. And is um, that is the teaching handwritten as well, or are they are they referred to something online to get lessons or the teaching? And the model examples are handwritten. And then what we've done is we've cross-referenced it with Hegarty. So we use Hegarty normally anyway as part of our departmental practice. What we've done then is cross-referenced the work that we are setting with the relevant Hegarty clip numbers and encouraging students that where they're getting stuck, firstly to email us and keep in touch and let us know, or failing that to have a look at Hegarty and go back and use the video clips there to maybe sort of re-understand and go back through the learning. Are you getting an impression of how students are doing with kind of just the kind of mental and emotional load of suddenly having to learn independently? I think we've had some contact from parents which shows just how difficult it really is. Um, I know when we I put an announcement out on class chart saying that I'd left hard copies available in reception and all they had to do was email the inquiries email to get reception to post them out. That our poor receptionist, receptionist that had been inundated with emails <laughs> requesting work. So I don't know how popular I was for a few days with the reception <laughs> staff. But I, I know that there was a parent that got in touch and said that they have five children at home that are homeschooling with access to one laptop. Right. So it became really apparent early on that sort of live streaming videos and lessons just wouldn't suit our students. Okay, so um, and going forward, um, I'm thinking about next half term and well, who knows what's going to happen in September. But assuming that you're providing online learning for most students next half term, um, are you planning to do the same sort of thing? A big a big pack that can be given as hard copy for those those families that need it? I think so. I don't think it's necessarily the most perfect way of working, but I think it's the way that suits our setting and our students um, I know that like I said a lot of students and a lot of parents are struggling with IT access we've had quite a few parents email in to say that they don't have access to a printer well that immediately causes some problems where worksheets have been set by all subject areas um, and I think there's something quite comforting I know one parent got in touch with me to say that just having the hard copy of the work there in front of them sort of is almost quite reassuring that it's something that's tangible and it's there and it's in front of them. And actually, I think even for parents, some of the feedback we've got, that it's been easier to monitor what their children are doing because they can pick up the workbook and see what's been completed. Whereas perhaps where if everything was online, um, it's then harder for the parents to check in and see exactly what their children are or aren't doing. Um, so thinking about uh, the announcement that schools are maybe reopening after half term for some students and I don't know can you tell me what your what your thoughts are on that and what your discussions are happening in your school it's I think still quite early days I did get in touch with my head teacher yesterday about sort of what I do about my own children to be quite frank about it I don't think I want to send my own children back to school or to nursery um, right. I think they, they would both be eligible for places as key worker children, like I said, both my wife and myself are teachers. But I just don't feel that the guidance is really clear enough at the moment in terms of really reassuring teachers about how things are going to look when it comes to sort of June the 1st. Um, so I think we're expecting um, more guidance from our SLT to come out today. We're waiting for stuff to come through. Um, there's some talk about staff working as teams. So um, my concerns about my children having to go back to work have sort of been somewhat alleviated. The heads agreed that my wife and myself can work on alternative teams. So it might be a case of one week on and one week off, meaning that therefore we can keep our own children at home for the time being. 
I think it'll be really interesting because if that's how I feel as a teacher, I can imagine that a lot of parents must have similar anxiety about sending their own children back. So I do wonder about the number of children and the amount of take up we'll have with any reopening prior to September, really. Yeah, yeah. And presumably you're thinking about year 10 because you don't have sixth form. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So we'll be looking at year 10 initially, as well as keeping um, access to the key worker children that are in currently. Yeah. And have you any idea what that might look like in school? Um, I've heard that they've provided each classroom with a two metre stick to start measuring out your classroom. So my (laughs) wife was in yesterday and has started socially distancing all of her desks and making sure that she can access the front of the classroom and still be socially distanced from the students. But it's going to be a really different way of working. Um, It's it's certainly going to be interesting if we do go back, even sort of really mundane things that you would sort of take for granted. I think things like handing out books and returning books actually really does that become a bit of an impossibility. I can see students being issued with an exercise book and then that's it. They take it away with them. I, I don't know about staff collecting books in at the end of a lesson if we're even delivering sort of full lessons is another matter, I suppose. But And what, what are you thinking about the curriculum? Um, are you going to assume that all students have covered what you've set or are you worrying about holes or what do you think in terms of I think, maths? I think realistically, we're very aware that not all of our students will be engaging with work at home, just like day to day, not all students want to engage in a lesson. So it's going to be a difficult time, I think. I'm certainly concerned about how we move forward with year 10s, in some discussion with sort of the department, we sort of wonder if year 11 almost have had a better deal out of this situation in some ways that their work's been based on teacher assessment and their mock exam results. Whereas for year 10, they're going to have that big gap of learning and then have to come back in year 11 and still go in for exams in June. OK, and finally, Dan, I'm wondering if there's anything that you've learnt in your weeks of working from home Um that might make you think differently about teaching when you go back to the classroom? Certainly, I've reflected that everybody's doing things their own way at the moment. And I think the thing about teachers, we come into this job because we want students to succeed and because we care about the well-being and the success of students. And I sort of see some bits on Twitter where people are sort of critical, if you like, of people that are not live streaming lessons or pre-recording lessons and I think what I'm taking away from this is about understanding and appreciating that everybody's different. Every school's different. Students are different across the country and and people are having to work the way that suits them and suits their students. Thank you, Dan. It's been really interesting talking to you. And I hope our our discussion will be useful to to our listeners as well in thinking about their own practice. Um, And thank you also to listeners. We'll keep on recording these podcasts to help reflect the new and rapidly changing situation. So please do subscribe and also let us know what you think. We're on Twitter or you can email us on info at ncetm.org.uk. Until next time, stay safe and look after yourselves. Goodbye.